Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. So we haven't got a guest on this week. Um, myself and Jack wanted to do a bit of what we're calling a summer solidarity special now I'll tell you really what I mean by that is that it's been a tough year and I think some of the podcasts that, that have gone out recently were back in spring and we were talking about the problems that that brought we're now in July we're we're, in, we're into the summer what summer um, but there are still <laughs> yeah <laughs> what summer exactly that's exactly what this is pretty much going to be about there's two farmers moaning about the weather um, but yeah it was it came about didn't it that I text you the other day just feeling like there's been so much that's gone wrong and it felt like things were building up and I'm like oh maybe I can't do this maybe like so many crops are failing this year maybe I'm doing something completely wrong maybe I need to go take another course um and I text you to say oh yeah look I haven't had this problem before but my chard's bolting and you said exactly the same is happening to you. And you even texted me saying, is it all the red ones? I was like, yeah, it's all my red ones as well. <laughs> it was to the day, wasn't it? Like bang on that day, mm. both uh, we both had the same issue. And it, I mean, through, through this podcast today, there's going to be a few issues we're going to talk about. But on that day, I feel like we needed to hear that from each other. Like, because yeah. as you said, you feel like you're failing. You're like, have I done something wrong? Have I not watered it enough or is it getting too much water? But it might just be that species in the packet of rainbow chard that it's more uh, tolerant to bolt. Um, but yeah, luckily, now is a good time to sow uh, chard again. Uh, it's a, there's quite a lot of seeds. I've been watching some cool videos from like Hugh Edwards and uh, Lisa Zorab as well. They just done a, I think uh, hers is last year and Hughes' one that came out the other day, just showing like what you can grow in July. And there's a lot of good crops that I really love that you can sow now, which means you can do a bit of catch up. But yeah, we, we was getting issues, weren't we, Chris? That we was like, no, nah, this shouldn't be happening now. What is going on? Yeah. I mean, it has been a tough year. And I think especially with things like chard bolting, I mean, I had lettuce bolt like within 30 days of putting it oh. in the ground, which is crazy. It's just been, so spring started cold and really cold for so long those frosts hit us hard for so so long I think I've never been anywhere growing that for 14 days straight I had a ground frost mm. um, and so late on and then it went for a real dry patch then it went for a real wet patch and now we've got like well summer hasn't really started it's warm but it's wet really wet yeah. um, so crops don't really seem to know whether they're coming or going yeah. and especially for something like and that's why I, I think I text you about it because chard last year was just my my background warrior like I put it in in March and it was still going in October yeah, um, and all I had to do was pick it and occasionally weed it but not much in no dig beds so yeah if chard can't handle this year I didn't know what was going to make yeah, it yeah I mean there's only a few crops that are kind of shining through uh, for me and it, it is minimal um, because it's the, it's the humid air because it's like mm. it's a bit mu um, muggy in the air but it's just this pure rain for me that I've got some beds that 
struggle when it rains a little bit and it's rained a lot that you're putting uh, your trowel or like my dibber in the ground and it's filling up with water um, so yeah the roots are hating it because there's no air to the roots it's compacting soil even though i'm no dig it was clay before so that bottom part of that soil is still a little bit clay and i've got some beds where i get my i can get my fingers up to my up to my knuckles um so i'm getting like the whole way down and then i've got somewhere it's too still so wet and and that clay's mixing and i'm i'm even looking at well put, but even putting perlite in the soil so when i'm tra transplanting putting quite a bit of perlite in there as well just so those roots have potentially got more air as well as putting more compost on top but yeah some it is it's a it's a struggle mate this year very much so and the rain just oh, it doesn't seem to want to stop. Yeah. I thought this week might be the start of summer for us. Um, I mean, that humid that humid air, I must say, is helping some things. Mm -hmm. Like, my, my tunnels are growing great. Yeah. I've got I've had my first batch of tomatoes this week. Um, first batch of cucumbers are going out. So things are growing in there, which is great. But the wetness outside, it doesn't feel... It feels endless to the point where actually, even in my polytunnels, I've got drip irrigation set up on all the beds and it's all on one tap so it's one line across the top and then all all the beds are served by yeah. that and i've gone to the point where i'm like blocking off the drip irrigation on the outside beds because it's rained so much that it's run off the polytunnel yeah. underneath so those outside beds are saturated mm. and I, I need to water the middle beds so i've had to like cut it off block it off so i'm just watering the middle beds and not over watering those outside beds so um yeah, the rain, the rain feels crazy. And I'm just seeing like paths in between beds flooding on a daily basis, which I can't believe is happening in July. Yeah. Um and and the ground is just saturated. It's it's normal like normal for here. We we're, we're on compacted clay soil that needs a lot of work. I've been honest about that in the past. There's a lot of regeneration needs to go on. So you expect in September, October, that when you walk on the ground, it's a bit wet underfoot because it can't drain very well and it's really saturated. But not in July. Normally, we're we're working with cracks in the ground, not 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 um, flooded paths and beds and that. Yeah, normally I'd I'd have like mulches, like a like a straw mulch, leaf mulch, etc. Now and I'd be relying on them. And now they've gone from where it was super hot, and I was doing that round courgettes in between some spring onion beds um, and elsewhere on the farm. I'm trying to remember elsewhere, but now they're becoming a hindrance because it's becoming home for slugs. Slugs are finding a way mm -hmm. on there, which, mate, I could moan about slugs and snails <laughs> all day long because it's the bane of my life. They're literally eating mm -hmm. money. We're doing what we're doing. Yeah. You're watching them eat money. That's, that that mm -hmm. is what it is. Because yeah. you're just, um, I like, I'm quite a purist person. I'm like, I'll oh, just chuck them. But now it's getting to the point where I'm needing some kind of solution, whether that's plenty of beer traps around, or I've heard about putting wheat bran down, apparently mm -hmm. expands them or something. But it's got to get to the point where these like, it's a bit more of a like a prevention. Now it's like, oh, they're seriously there attacking, stream the area. And I know why they're there, because the groundsman's lawnmower broke uh like sit down mower and normally he mows the perimeter and that perimeter has got mm. to like i'm not joking three foot tall grass so i've strimmed back a couple of feet but i, I watched them the other day they were like 
it was a little bit wet at 5 p.m. It was like buffet time and there was like <laughs> just sliding <laughs> over to the plot and yeah, they're attacking a lot, man. Now I've I've had complete wipeouts this year of certain crops, so it's super disappointing. But you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be having it. But this is no. what the rain is bringing, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean we surrounded all of our growing blocks with about two three meters of wood chip um, for that that reason really to try and create a bit of a barrier for things like slugs and and we'll we'll work back a few months and talk about leather jackets mm. in a minute. Dare I say that word because it feels like swearing nowadays, mm. but. Um, yeah, and normally at this stage of the year, that is such a dry, really nice dry barrier of wood chip that, that it isn't a home for slugs. But this year it's done the opposite because it's constantly wet. It's nice thick wood mulch for them to be hiding yeah. in. So <clears throat> I completely feel it. And and I feel the same pain as well because I've, I've broken two ride-on mowers in the last month. Oh. So <laughs> I'm in the same position and I'm now becoming a mechanic trying to fix the bloody things. But yeah and and today i pulled it i was like oh, same boat as you again we'll touch on um flipping beds and things later on but pulled a few trays out of the polytunnel like need to get planting out today couldn't yesterday because of the wind and um pulled three trays of like salanova lettuce away from the edge of the polytunnel wall they're obviously on like a prop bench and the complete edges of them were completely munched down to to no n no plugs so a good e easily like 50 plugs just eaten yeah. out by slugs climbing up the side yeah, of the polytunnel mate. yeah i'm having the same um because the bench is in the greenhouse these some sell they're, they're being self-watered on a timer and it's pretty good irrigation system in there that i've inherited um, but yeah, yes. the slugs are on, obviously in the greenhouse, and you, you can't find them in the day. And then, but they, they, they've taken out. I've had trays of like fennel, kohlrabi, uh, summer sprouted purple broccoli that I've wanted to get in. So that might get a crop like as early as September or like November. I, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I've never grown it before. But yeah, it's just annoying because I know that that tray would have filled the bed, and now it's like that tray's going to do half a bed and it's like, oh, what do I do with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's a bit, um, yeah, a bit, bit very annoying this year. I, I don't want to moan completely, but because there, there, there's always positives and we're always learning and we're just trying to encourage you guys that we're, we're struggling as well. If you're struggling, we're struggling. Um, and and we, we've spoke to other growers who are, who are struggling as well and you're still seeing not, not so much Charles Dowd in videos of recent, but he, he's still playing catch up, I'm sure. Yeah. But he, he's got rabbits yeah, as absolutely. an issue now, and buying weed, I was just noticing on his new bit. Oh, buying weed would make me lose sleep. That's, that's one of my biggest fears because yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to get rid of. Yeah, and I think everyone is suffering. I've seen a couple of posts on Instagram of people like posting like their nice normal picture that they're like staged for Instagram and then swipe across and they've put their honest post, which I really yeah. like that idea. Um, I think it was like um, a big basket of like tomatoes and broad beans and cucumbers coming through now, but then swipe across and there was a basket of very rotten eaten by slugs crops as well. So everyone's seeing seeing some of these some of these problems. And the only thing that I keep trying to tell myself, and I don't know if it helps, I don't think it's helping me at the moment, is that surely this slow spring and then this wet period has just 
got to it's got that that heat has got to go somewhere so i'm hoping that it just means that the season is just longer at the other yeah, end let's hope so mate um fingers crossed fingers crossed um Going back, so a few months ago, slugs weren't a problem, but those little little bastards, leather jackets, mm. were. Um, and I know some people are still seeing problems, but we had a little bit of a meet-up of growers in the southeast um, at the pub when we were allowed a few months back, um, and that was the main topic of conversation. I know you got hit pretty badly with those. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really bad. Um, it, it's annoying because I, I know now that it's the beds that are like, I'm not sure if I get another season at my, in my patch, but I'm always learning about that that area. And the, it seems like the beds on the as you go through the gate that are on the east side are the ones that are, seem to be the most saturated, and and that is a home for leather jackets. That I'm realising the fluffier beds, they they, they wasn't apparent. Um, so yeah, it's that moisture in the ground, and 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 yeah, I was replacing bed after bed. Like now I. If I knew that back then, I probably would have just gone, right, that bed is a complete wipeout, grow something else. But the leather jackets were rife. Like every um, hole I was making with a dibber, there'd be a leather jacket. Um, it was absolutely mm. intense. But now I'm, I treated them with the nematodes. You can get like nema yep. slug. There's like a certain type. Uh, you can actually buy on Amazon as well. And it did do the job. Um, I know that they do hatch and it's always encouraged that wait for them to like hatch as well just so the the bite the the balance is right that the crane flies are going to be food for birds or whatever um but yeah it was pretty intense and i had to go i think i've done it two or three times with that the nematodes and finally went but wow they were in the ground for far too long they done far too much damage probably i'm not i'm gonna say i've, I've lost about two Oh, I don't want to say like even it could be up to like thousand, fifteen hundred lettuce plants. Like it's ridiculous, mm. man. And it's not just that it's slugs as well. That's a bit of a mix. So it'd be, it's just unbelievable. Just the the weather. It's 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 also rotting stuff as well. Like even some of the carrots that pulled up weren't weren't amazing. They had a little bit of like some of the ends were a little bit wasn't too great. So they went come home with me. Yeah. I suppose that's a benefit, isn't it? We get to eat. Yeah, what, uh, I suppose we eat what the doesn't worst go to the customer. Though, don't we? we eat the worst. But uh, to be fair, it's not the worst. It tastes the same. It's just uh, not aesthetically pleasing to look at, is it? <laughs> yeah, in inverted commas. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, yeah, we we were always saying the same. We feel like we should just put an extra row of everything in, so we can get like <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least a premium <laughs> premium crop. Um, of stuff that's coming in yeah i mean as we said this is this isn't really just for us to to moan about it and put anyone off this is like us being honest with you and saying look this this happens to us too um not that not that we're really particular experts in this but but we have really well i feel like certainly i've learned a lot this year already mm. that i'll take differently to next year and, and leather jackets was a hard learning curve i was if you look at my google search history going back mm. there's things like what what are the actual benefits to these things <laughs> what are they good for and i think one of the things that comes up is they eat dying organic matter i was like no they they're the reason organic matter is dying yeah, yeah. on my farm and i was hitting i think for six weeks in a row we replaced between 400 and 500 plugs on the farm almost every week for six weeks it was just it was really really hard um but we learned a few things that that i think 
would make me do things differently next year. One, we have put a barrier around all our blocks of at least like two or three metres of wood chip. Um, and the reason is that I read that in September, the daddy long legs come and lay their eggs in short grass. Um, so if your bed is neighbouring normal sort of grassland and it's short and cut in September, then then they're laying in that and, and through those few, yeah, next couple of months, they're crawling across to your beds. And I found that beds in the middle of blocks were getting way less affected than ones on the edge as well so that's something that definitely helped um and the other was using chickens in our bed prep that's we just started like it didn't i don't know why it didn't come to me so many people have said about it before but as soon as we started seeing leather jackets putting a little fence around blocks getting two or three lucky chickens in they absolutely loved it because they were taking out whatever old crop or weeds or whatever was out of there and they were digging around and almost wiping out leather jackets in in no time yeah. um which is quite incredible really they scratch and peck and, and it's a good food source for them really. yeah it's getting to the point i might have to be like rent a chicken um because my <laughs> sister's got she's got five so i'll just probably knock up a little um little track like chicken tractor thing that's like cool little home over the beds just for a couple of hours or something and they could come in and do the job i'm i'm sure but yeah, there, there, there is there is always, you know, what I love about permaculture is like a solutions-based approach. And that is a solution with um, a natural process with the chickens to get rid of like a problem we've got. Uh, that's pretty fascinating, really. And uh, that's what I love about like how you've incorporated the animals on your plot as well. Uh, pigs and stuff for the manure and the chickens to do manure and also uh, pest control yeah they, I mean I always joke and say all animals here have a job um, and humans I suppose mm. <laughs> but but it, it seems to work but I know how lucky we are in that we do have space enough to do that mm. um, within, within certain limitations um, but I know people listening will just have allotments I mean some allotments allow chickens yep. some, some unfortunately don't um, and and look, we're looking at n new problems now in that it's fox cub season. So unfortunately, we lost ducks um, recently yeah. that that normally would be our our slug management team. Um, but that's that's nature. You run that risk of either locking animals away and there's no risk, or having them out with a really good life and there is risk. So um, and, and I'm sure I'm going to get shot by some people saying I should have looked after them better. But that is just part of nature and part of farming, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think you're trying to give them the most natural like they're trying to live a natural life. I mean, your your uh, size of pond as well is enormous. So you probably get do you get wild ones flying as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, We've had heron over the last couple of days as well. I don't know what they're there for because I don't think there's any fish in the pond, yeah. but um, it's been great to see. The, great the to one, see. one cool thing that I found on the plot, because outside of it, right around the, the lady's house, like a moat. Um, so there's like there's geese, there's ducks there, but found a great crested newt in my compost mm. heap. And that's like one of the most protected um, in the country. Well, it is the most protected, isn't it, in the country? So yeah, no, really cool to see though that that you're just by doing what we're doing, like we're encouraging life in this. Obviously, with the rain, there is quite a few toads, so they should be taking out slugs. But um, I think the slug issue is just pretty pretty poor this year, just because of the weather is so perfect for them. 
God, they're having a they were they're loving twenty twenty one, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I've never seen them this size at this time oh, of the year. Man. Normally, like them, but you're you're getting monsters as well, Dude. aren't you? And it's 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 the size of the polytunnel, the sides of the polytunnel. I like walk along in the morning, can't find the slugs, but I can see. Looks like Lewis Hamilton has been driving all over the <laughs> side of the polytunnel. It's just tracks everywhere, and they're wider than I've ever seen. They're massive this year. Like I was showing, uh, another big orange ones. They're like. Mm. I'm not joking. I've seen some that are like a good few five, four, five, I'd say six inches when they're stretched out. I just couldn't believe the size of them. You think if that's running over a row of baby micro like radish coming out of the ground, they've got no chance. So, oh, mate, shock up. But just, <laughs> I think it's one of those years like last year we, we, we had that heat really early so it's to deal with like baby plants in the spring how to deal with the heat so mulches were like prevalent something i like really looked into i was really feeding the bed uh, as much as i could shade netting that sort of stuff you, you seem to as a farmer like then invent there's something else to invest in and then you've got loads of it and then this year not really needing any of that um so yeah you've always got stuff and you don't need year after year um but yeah man now we've got this this situation with oh, it's too wet um and as a uh, something i've noticed as well is if i could i would have more polytunnels what would do you agree in that sort of yeah yeah completely we we just had that that feeling really in the last like it was it was the original sort of spring frosts and stuff that made everything slow. I've been saying that we're a month behind. It feels like we're about three weeks behind in the season now. Um, and whilst I don't want to be, my I never wanted my farm just to be uh, three acres of glass houses or polytunnels. Mm. But it does give us that control. It gives us that control, or at least some control back. So we have just put together some bids to to try and um, afford or find some funding or finance. Um, for another polytunnel here and then two sort of 30 metre caterpillar tunnels as well yeah. um, just to give us some more control and some of that season extension to yeah. to yeah ward off this these problems yeah I'm not really I'm not a fan of plastic but within a farm it's like one of those things that it's where it's at it's um, best use uh, mm. because you're, you're getting that season extension you're growing food for people um, so it's a, it's a positive thing, and also those kind of guaranteed like a ten year use, aren't they? Um, yeah. Like the plastic, so you are reusing it. Um, but yeah, these farms in America that like they're the ones that I look at. I think I think it's like Rose Creek Farm. Uh, they got a lot of stuff under caterpillar tunnels, and that veg looks blemishless, absolute blemishless. So yeah. I've, they're, they're, they're like one of those uh, it's a necessary evil isn't it it's one of those things you don't want to have plastic on your farm you want to have it abundant and obviously we can grow a lot of stuff outside but there's certain things now that I feel you know what they'll be best just under some caterpillar tunnels and yeah it's, it's, it's all learning but then again there's some things that we just got to work with as well 
Yeah, and I've had the same sort of feelings about netting these last couple of weeks. Like, I feel like everything's being attacked. All the brassicas and kohlrabi and stuff has been attacked by pigeons constantly. Um, so I've got everything netted. Obviously, carrots, if they were coming up, they'd be under, mm. under like, really fine netting. And it got to a point where I was walking around and two-thirds of my growing space is covered in netting. And I was like, oh, I just want to look at my crops, not look at this sea yeah. of, of netting all the time. But as soon as you take it off, obviously... You're at, you're at risk and you can lose that lose out so um, yeah I felt very similar but it's just part of it isn't it and like you say it's not the same every year you have to have that netting in, in your arsenal to be able to pull out yep but next year that pressure might not be so much let's um, as we've been moaning <laughs> no, no, yeah. mate, um, let's talk about carrots mate because before the podcast turned on me and you was like why can't we grow carrots this year what's going on I, d- I don't want to say that it matters kind of puts us down doesn't it <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, carrots were in my veg box this week and they were started from like March sowings and I really had to look after them because it was super cold and super uh, I had them under like fleece and stuff but since then I've had beds sown three times nothing's coming up it's not a lack of watering for sure um, but I'm really not sure why. I know I've got like some clay beds, but I've tried at different areas of the farm. And it, I, I was thinking at one point, is it seed? Maybe. But then I've diverse to seed to, from different companies. And it, no, it's not that. Um, then again, I know I've got slugs as an issue. Um, but it's just, I, I've, I would expect to see germination and then, then be mowed over. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really seeing that either. So it's, a, it's one of those years, it's like, maybe... It's not really a good, a good year. I'd love to know more people that are growing carrots. It's like, tell me your secret. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, last year I had a, yes. an amazing crop, uh, and it's like one of my favourite things to put in the veg pots. Two for one, you've got the carrot, you've got uh, the greens, the delicious pesto as well, and it just looks really nice. Um, then supermarket stuff where you don't get the top. I just think it's that like bouquet of. Um, bouquet of like um have i said that right bouquet uh, i think yeah. so it's one of those oh. words you say it more times it sounds more yeah. wrong doesn't it but i, I think, think that's right <laughs> um bouquet of carrots i just think it's such a staple of the veg box and it, i'm i'm desperately gutted I'm, I'm still not giving up i'm still giving um some different techniques to go um different playing around just putting like a fresh bit of compost on the soil and then sow with the jang just fingers crossed but um yeah i think we need that little bit of heat as well and i, I think it's one of those you need the heat and i'd rather self-alter it rather than rain i'm not, I'm not sure yeah well i'm you know i feel exactly the same and it, it's hard for me to admit this because when we moved on some local people didn't want this project to be here and they're like you'll never grow carrots on that field and then when we did grow carrots it was like i just wanted to leave them on their doorstep with a gift and a ribbon yeah. or something just say ah we did so we are struggling with them this year and i had a great crop we've seeded a crop in the polytunnel early in like january february to get out and then our first like our boxes in uh, may first week of may had this amazing bunches of carrots mm. in and i was so happy the week after because we had pulled some of the carrots out and left the others to like get an extra week of growth the tops were exposed the mice moved uh. in and chewed all the tops of them so we lost those and then from that point on it was yeah just we were doing eight different beds 
like successionally sowed of carrots um we're now on our sort of third attempt at sowing those and and it's been either little to no germination we got about a quarter of a bed out of one but as as you say we've tried everything we've tried straightening the soil that we had from last year we've tried making new no dig beds to try those um but one thing i have noticed is that like, i mean carrots whilst they're very much a staple they're a fussy vegetable to grow because they hate competition don't they they hate any weeds around them and this year if anything has really helped weeds grow somehow Mm. i think they're all so dormant because we had a cold spring then we had a little heat patch and then we had a load of rain with this humid heat and weeds have gone well hey i'll take that and i think that's helped like along with the slugs and the leather jackets has made carrots get completely out competed yeah yeah yeah, I didn't even think about leather jackets attacking them, to be honest. Uh, I'm not really sure what else could be eating them, but, um, or, or just not, not what, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those things this year with the carrots, but uh, there's also positives as well. Like, uh, I mean, this year I'm, I'm super happy. I've never, I, I've always said, you always have a nemesis plant if, when you're a grower. And for me, it's uh, aubergine never grown aubergine like last year I had 40 plants but it was definitely the uh, dodgy compost that was going around last year um yeah, that's what I tell myself anyway <laughs> um but, <laughs> okay, yeah, but but this year I've like got them in pots and they're super happy um I want to be shout out to real seeds um or a lot I love the varieties but they had this one called Czech like so it's from the Czech Republic um and it's like super abundant. There's like six to eight hanging off a plant that's about two foot tall. I'm really, really happy with them, but because they, I think in the in the shipping container when I was growing them, I think quite a few died off or they didn't like germinate very well. So I, I don't have a lot, but what I have is I'm super happy with them. They're an amazing plant. Can't wait to. I'm definitely obviously they'll go in the box if they can. But if I don't have the scale at the market like aubergine, they're like a dark dark aubergine but that purple hue around the top and i just think they look awesome like they'll just fly at the market yeah big time we had a good year for them this last year this year's been a bit slower but there's flowers on those plants so i'm happy they're coming they're definitely coming i'm glad they're coming through and yeah there are some definitely some wins i don't know really if um the conditions have helped these but like courgettes are flying yep. now absolutely flying and i i lost all my courgettes to to slugs very early on in the season um and had to replace them all but it's one of those things where you're talking about earlier like sowing things in july but that things do catch up quite quickly when that heat does come yeah. out and courgettes with them being pretty water-based this rain isn't really doing too much damage if you can keep the slugs off so nice. yeah in abundance with courgettes and we're growing a, a round courgette nice. this year ron denise and uh, yeah the cafes and chefs are loving it so it's yeah there's definitely positives definitely. with certain crops um but it's hard sometimes it's hard to see for us isn't it you walk around the farm and you think you see all the stuff being eaten you forget about the stuff that is going well when our customers are eating yeah. it's harder to see that but why it's funny that isn't it but i think that's just in, in general life like you could have like 100 good comments on a post that one bad comment will ruin it wouldn't it um like that's yeah. in just terms of like we always do focus on the bad but there is awesome things like i mean um i showed you a picture of like my market store at the weekend you was like you're moaning mm. about this this and this but look at all that amazing veg that's on the market store and then i've just got like you've got to trap back and be like yeah man it's this is so much better than what 
I had years ago when I was like dreaming of having it, I would be like, that's the dream stall of what, what it should look like. And um, yeah, it's there's definite wins for me this year. And having the urban side of the farming, which is the shipping container with controlled conditions of microgreens. And now I've like really, I've actually turned my focus a lot on that and, and upscaled mm. really dived into the mushroom setup as well and and that's paid dividends this year because i can grow mushrooms like all year round now um i've got a few varieties and they sell really well and people want that it's a nice protein source in the box as well um yeah, they look incredible man they look so so good and it just sort of lends to the fact that we should diversify a little yep. bit and have multiple things going on within that food growing space because yeah i know there's some weeks where you have had to put your veg in your boxes haven't had it for the market store but you still filled it with incredible looking mushrooms that are selling out and the microgreens man i think i saw a photo of you cutting the microgreens fresh and the person like the customer in front of you looks like the happiest person in the world it's like you were carving off bits of gold for yeah. <laughs> the, the good thing as well it's like you you can t uh, it's almost like taste tests as well it's like you can cut give them the give them the product as well and and as i was filling up my pea bo uh, boxes of peas i was like weighing them in front of people but i'd be like oh there's a uh, pot of peas like just strip them eat them and like you've given them a free sample and i gave one to a a woman and her kid and her kid just didn't look interested about being at that market whatsoever but he tried the peas and was like mum i need a snack for school she bought two boxes of peas and he was like buzzing and it and it, you saw his face light up because he was like uh, uh, this is why i used to love going costco this is a bit going off tangent but <laughs> the free testers in costco yeah. i used to go say to my mum, oh let's go costco because uh, they'll be like you could have a bit of ice cream, you could have a bit of spaghetti or something like that. You go around the <laughs> store and eat loads of free stuff. But that uh, that whole experience Works. of coming to the store, I'll cut your microgreens for you on the spot. Uh, I was always going to the people, you can't get fresher than this, like as I was bagging it yeah. up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's making it a bit more interactive, a bit more of an experience, and it highlights more of what we're doing, that, that food is super fresh. Get that on your sandwich tonight and you, you know exactly where it's come from, how long that's been cut for. And, and I always love what you you told me about how many hands it passes through in a supermarket to get to you, like 20 plus hands potentially from that harvested to get into your plate. And then with us, it's just us and the customer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and literally cut in front of them on on your stall. Going back to to peas, it's the first time I've ever grown peas in my life this year. Um, I don't think I did nearly enough for veg boxes, but that's just meant I've eaten peas straight out of the pod for the first time. And I'm not surprised that kid wanted them. Like, man, that's sweetest thing in the yeah. world they're better than candy sometimes like 100%. i just yeah it made me never want to touch a bag of green giant again yeah <laughs> mate whatever they're called bird's eye or whatever yeah, yeah just so so sweet frozen peas i know why they do it like to keep to keep them fresh and and whatever but it's kind of sacrilege to what peas should taste like and also as well, they're like, it cheapens them. And I think I said on the podcast we done in the quick fire questions, what's the one crop that you wish you could kind of get more from in terms of like monetary value. Um, and, it, and for me, it's peas because I feel like fresh peas that like you can't beat that taste of like podding them. It should like, I, f I try and upsell to chefs. I'm like, well, 
have it like edamame beans, how Wagamamas do it. Just have a little pot, people can snack on them. And that's like a great little way of like, oh, it's just getting something in your body, something snacky, something really Moorish before your meal. Um, yeah, I can't help myself going around the farm and I, and, <laughs> and any volunteer, like the volunteer stay, I'm like, there you go, try that, try that, try that. You pot, And I've got the blouse whacker. If anyone wants to know what purple peas are called, it's nice. like blouse whacker. It's got like a German name from, I think I get them from Dobby's. I think Premier Seeds Direct do them as well. Um, super mate, beautiful plant the good thing is you can see the peas as you're picking them because they're purple not green there's loads of green ones you miss um, mm, as, you, yeah. as you're picking them uh, but super sweet and I feel like it's better when you try and get them a little bit younger um, you just get that bit more sweetness than woodiness as they grow older but yeah mate I totally feel you with that one peas for the win and Definitely, and we're gonna we're gonna try it this year. I don't know what it's gonna be like. I'll invite you down for a try, but we're gonna try pea pod wine this year as well. Ooh. So keeping those pods and turning it into wine with fermenting it with like sugar and stuff. So uh, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> you can p- apparently pretty much make wine out of anything, um, any any <laughs> old veg carcass or anything. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Look, mate, um, we're we're coming up to sort of, yeah, we said we'd do the chat for this about sort of 35 minutes. Um, I think the market has been a huge win for you this yeah. year, but just to end on a positive, um, can you think of another massive win that's come lately that you can sing about? That's it. Uh, the market has been, yeah, amazing. Um, it's just that point of reference to, to, to people. Um, I'd say mushrooms and the demand for mushrooms, like, like good quality food, like we, we know, but also like if anyone wants to get into growing mushrooms, like I'm, we're going to have someone on this podcast of, at some point talking about that. So that could be your avenue into growing mushrooms. There's a demand for it fresh and, and chefs won't stop texting me as well. Um, about that sort of stuff um so yeah for me this year mushrooms the market so the two m's one if there's a third m in there <laughs> microgreens yeah, yeah, the, fresh yeah, they're selling well um this year because covid kind of messed it up a little bit last year because i kind of now i've got a market i can sell the microgreens fresh so it's really changed the game for me in terms of micros and um yeah mate so what's it, let, let's end it on a positive for you as well, well, Chris. What what positives have you gained recently from the farm? Well, yeah, I mean, this week actually celebrates one year of veg boxes for us. We've done a complete year of veg boxes, awesome. which, um, like on the surface, didn't think about, like I didn't really realise, and it was like, oh yeah, we started them the first week of July last year, and it was like, wow, okay. So we completed short of one week after Christmas, where we we did Christmas boxes this year, but one week after that we took off. We've done yeah, fifty two weeks of veg boxes in a row, um, other than that one week. So yeah, that feels like a huge achievement. Um, and and yeah a massive win and and my other is i'm just in love with my tomato plants <laughs> like i feel like i'm side shooting them three times a week because i'm just in love with them and just sitting there keeping keeping on top caring for Good. them but i know it's going to pay dividends and, and we're already yeah i'm eating fresh tomatoes for three meals a day well that's uh, that that's really interesting because i i like saw my first yellow ones today um but i'm i side shooting them two weeks ago and already I need a whole day in there again. It's just getting ridiculous. But yeah, the tomatoes are doing well this year, outside and inside. They're, um, I thought they might have got a bit of blight outside, but they're, they're doing all right at the minute. 
fingers crossed yeah I guess because there's a lot of winds going about um, blowing that through so hopefully nice one so yeah we hoped this was um, a really sort of for anyone growing at the moment who's having problems I hope that this was was something a bit of a bit of solidarity bit of a chat around it not just moaning hopefully ah. but hopefully it just makes you feel like I mean I know I've texted you going how are you doing with this because I feel like I just want to give up on that crop and yeah. and that's that's come out so it's and, and if you've had something um, you listening now you've had something that, that you're struggling with do drop us a message um, because I'd love to hear about it and I'm sure there are growers a plenty across the UK and across the world that are that are having problems yeah. with it. I've got one question for you, Jack. Go on, mate. When we did your episode, which was episode one of this podcast, going back a few few weeks now, um, we had different quick fire questions, and we didn't get to ask you the all important quick fire question, which is now a staple of the show. But it's morning cup of coffee on the farm or beer at the end of the day on the farm and we still everyone wants to know your answer so <laughs> let's hear it um yeah man uh, and also as well when we are asked this question we've got to not give people the option of what time they'll be like yeah i want co- i like coffee in the morning because of the jus but beer in the afternoon we've got to be like nah you're choosing you've got to one. pick <laughs> you've got to pick um first thing that comes to me like i'm a coffee fiend right and I do love a morning coffee on the farm uh, but this summer I've had a few volunteers come down and we've had uh, cold beers just in a bucket and it's been proper it's been good so I'm actually going to go beer this time around because when we did have some hot days um, and we just had a few bit like we'd do a bit of work and then look at each other and go do you want another beer <laughs> and then um, it, it just was yeah it was really cool like it, it just relaxed us a little bit more it stops you from being a bit more monotonous like if you're pulling weeds or whatever but it's just that extra thing on the farm where you like because we can because we can because we're here and then we'll just like walk home or like we're, some of us have gone oh do you want to go to the pub after and then just carry on the conversation so that's been really nice so that's my answer for this question there you go you've got it I've got a friend who uh, is starting up a new market garden but next to it is another field that's got a pizza hut van and a brewery with a tap room and I'm always thinking man that would be wow. so dangerous <laughs> so so dangerous wow. I'm like jealous but not because I don't think I'd ever get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good little market, though, mm-hmm. like as well. Uh, for that. Definitely. Brilliant. Nice one, mate. Thanks for chatting. All good, man. Looking forward to the next podcast, getting someone on. And um, yeah, it, it, I've had, we've had some encouraging messages. So thanks for everyone that's listening. Um, it's been it's been awesome it's going it's going well and we just love your feedback so yeah just uh, drop us a line whenever you want yeah and we've got some great guests lined up um we've we've got our act together like honestly last two weeks have, we've struggled we've we've talked about all the problems we've had but we've struggled to get an episode out there honestly um this is the point where we're pulling our socks up but we've got a booking link in now and we've got guests lined up um, that are booking in for months ahead so um, some of those names are really really exciting so um, do stay tuned and yeah drop us a message um, give us that feedback because it makes us feel great and it makes us feel like this is worth doing love it cheers Chris cheers Jack speak to you soon